Hey, and that's bait. And we are right though. What's up, world? Welcome to That's Bait Podcast. I'm B. I'm A. And we're back again for episode number seven. We hope y'all had a chance to check out the first six episodes. You know, they're on all platforms. Uh, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, uh, what else is it on? TikTok. Yeah, TikTok. Every, anything that you can think of, we're still up on, except Twitter. We don't tweet. We don't tweet. <laughs> <laughs> so before we get started, like always, want everybody to go check out our website at www.thatsbaent.com. Just check it out. Even we got our web, we got our podcast uh Post it there as well, as well as merchandise. And just go check it out. See it for yourself. So, in observance of Minority Mental Health Month, this episode is going to be over mental health. <clears throat> you know, um, we both deal with mental health patients in our field. I work at a hospital. She works at a hospital. She's a social worker, you know, and, and I firsthand interact with behavioral health patients, you know, because I'm head of security in a mental health hospital. So whenever there's an issue, they're calling us to come and deal with it. So uh, we say it all the time. So absolutely. So what do you feel about mental health? Um, so mental health is near and dear to my heart. I think you know that working in the field and just knowing, um, especially in the African-American population, it is a, it's such a stigma and stereotype that is surrounding mental health. And so um, if, if nothing else, I am a huge advocate for talk to someone if you need the help do not be scared um or scared or afraid to ask for help and um knowing the resources that are available to you in your area so it's it's near and dear because one out of three people are affected by mental health which means just about everybody you know at some point at some time has been affected by mental health and especially right now during like the pandemic and in the last year and a half there has been such an increase Mm -hmm. in um the mental health um crisis and suicide and all of those things. So um, that has been a huge, huge, huge um, platform for me in making sure that those that are minorities, and that goes for African Americans, Hispanics, Asian women, LGBTQ community, um, all of those different minorities, that they do know the resources that they have available to them and that they um, take care of their mental health. Yeah, definitely take care of your mental health. But before I jump into it, um, we actually went to Austin this past weekend, and on the way back, we kind of had a discussion about mm-hmm. mental health, you know, and kind of how they separated the two, where you got one month that's mental health month, then this month is minority mental health months. Like, me personally, like, I don't see why they separated the two. You know, why can't it just be mental health? You know, why it got to be minorities mental health months? Like, why do we got to separate uh, the majority from the minority? Why can't it just be one? And, I, and like where he sees it as it should be, I, I see the importance of having a month that's dedicated because there aren't as many things allocated to um, minorities and minority neighborhoods having the accessibility of resources or even knowing about the resources that are available to them. In Dallas itself, it's so hard to find a substance abuse clinic um, that is low cost or no cost that OSAR um, or NIPA will pay for compared to if you have insurance, you can find a thousand different substance abuse treatments in the, in the northern part, which is seen as the majority, you know, mm-hmm. um, economically more developed areas of Dallas. And so, and then, you know, it just, it brings awareness and allows those to know, um, 
what's available. But then the other part of it is, you know, grants and things that are out there. It allows this, this month allows them to be able to, you know, go for more money so that they can support more people that are in that minority grouping. And so while I, I get it, it's like, yeah, May is, you know, Mental Health Awareness Month and that goes over the entire thing. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you just have to have something dedicated <clears throat> to that minority group um, because they do not fall into the whole. Okay, I mean, I see what you're saying, but my take on it, whether you're minority, majority, no matter what it is, like, mental health is a serious issue, you know? Absolutely. I mean, it's fast-paced life, you know, that we got going. I mean, like, time wastes on no one. I mean, you got to deal with work. You got to deal with your family. You got to deal with uh, bills, your income. Like, it's so much that can really get you, get you tied up, and you just lose focus on everything. I mean, because really and truly, like, with this world being the way that it is, you know, you got to take time out to yourself. Yeah. You got to take time out to yourself, find your sacred place. Like for me, my therapy place is when I got to get away, I go fishing, you know, because being at the lake, just hearing the water <clears throat> hit the rocks, the waves and stuff like that, it's relaxing to me, mm -hmm. you know, and that kind of where I go to clear my mind, to clear my head. But you got to find something to to get the, the scapegoat, you know, Absolutely. to get away. So really... People really hate to ask for help. Yeah. And I think that's a, that's a huge thing with why people suffer from mental health issues. They're afraid or of going to get that professional help, you know. Like, I see people come into the hospital, which I'm really not going to speak on because of HIPAA violations, you know. But uh, I see people all the time that's, that's repeat patients because they steady falling victim to mental health issues. Mm -hmm. They they try to get the help, but they not really taking their medication. They not uh, doing what you guys say the social workers you know y'all play a big part in those yeah. patients lives you'd be surprised how often you know we we take the time out to find the resources set up appointments um give them you know pamphlets you know we make sure you have the national suicide prevention hotline we make sure you have samsa's number we make sure you have all this information and then when we see you three days later it's like well did you do any of the follow-ups did you do the part we can only do our part, right. but at some point you have to step step outside of yourself and whatever <laughs> is holding you back and say, if I want to get better, I am going to have to go see this psychiatrist. I'm going to have to go see this therapist. I'm going to have to make sure I'm taking my medication. I'm going to have to make sure I, you know, that I do these things so that I can be a better version of myself. You know, mental health is not all of you. It is a part of you. And that is a huge message that I like to push you because a lot of times they're like, oh, well, I am this disease or I am mm -hmm. this illness. And it's like, no, that is just a part of your story. And it's a part that you can control right. with the proper medication, with the proper talk therapy, um, with not self-medicating, because let's be real, we self-medicate a lot of times with alcohol, mm -hmm. with marijuana, with meth, with cocaine, with crack, with, the list goes on mm -hmm. and on. Even with just regular food, you know, we get depressed and then, you know, this is the time you want to eat some ice cream and some Oreos, some cocoa sauce, <laughs> some chocolate syrup. You know, it's, it's but that self-medication is still actually dealing with the true issues. And it is. I mean, so many people focus so much on physical health, you know, going to work out, going out the job. Mm -hmm. Don't get me wrong, like doing all those things to help reduce the stress and anxiety and stuff like that but at the same time like your physical health and your mental health is totally different like the same way that you look after your physical health you got to protect your mental health as well Absolutely. like it's very important the same way that you exercise your for your physical health you got to do things to exercise your brain exercise mm -hmm. your mind i mean anxiety and depression stress all those things are 
they're, they're killers. I mean, stress is probably the number one killer in the world, you know. Like. And yeah, absolutely. And when your mental health isn't on track, it affects your physical health. So if you're wondering why, you know, physically you don't seem, you're like, you feel like you're putting everything into it and you're not getting the benefits that you want, you may want to consider looking at that mental side and make sure that you're taking care of the mental side of your health as well. Um, like, like he was mentioning, anxiety, depression, probably two of the most common um, mental health disorders that are diagnosed nowadays depression like i said has definitely increased depression to the point of where people are not we're no longer thinking of thinking about suicide mm -hmm. where they're just going straight from i'm depressed i'm going to kill myself and just attempting yeah. it instead of just thinking about it which is a huge increase because generally there is a progression um in those stages and now it's just like life itself is not worth living so i'm just going to drink myself or take these pills or yeah anything like that i mean like i said in our field i see it a lot too i see a lot of uh uh people come in that try to attempt suicide that wasn't successful you know and it's all ages not just adults it's also kids so it's very important for like adolescents to get that mental health that they need you know because i mean they go through things too probably not to the extent of the thing that adults go through you know we adults we get stressed out behind our jobs bills and stuff like that but you know sometimes kids can feel unwanted you know and a lot of times like kids go through mental health issues because their parents absolutely you know their parents are putting them through so much or their parents are neglecting them or their parents are or selling them for that's sexually for for drugs and stuff like that mm -hmm. that can wear a person out you know I and mean, really and truly like i'd rather for a kid to really talk to them alone because they're not gonna really tell you what's going on in front of their parents every situation that i've been in i talked to a kid i couldn't talk to them alone because they were a child so it had to be a guardian there when i talked to them but they really couldn't say what was going on with them you know mm -hmm. but after um we got legal custody of this adolescent and the parent had to step out the room that's when they really start telling what's really going on in mm -hmm. their life and, and it's it's really sad you know it's ages five six seven years old going through things that they should be going through at that age you should be enjoying life you know mm -hmm. out jumping on the trampoline or you know just, just having fun but Not trying to take care of your younger sibling because your mother left you somewhere or you know trying to make sure that your sibling doesn't get drugs or make sure that you can go to sleep that night because your stepfather comes in and sexually um, molests you yeah, you know outside of mental you know working in the mental health hospital you know i work cps so when i say i've seen both sides of it um it, it's really sad what our children go through so you have to make sure and i mean and even those are like the severe cases but even you know just Nowadays, with kids going through bullying, cyberbullying, yeah. you know, and just feeling unheard at home, a lot of times bullying starts at home. Yeah. Um, and so just making sure that you address those problems. And, and if you see something, say something, you know, go ahead and get that child into therapy early. I'm a, Again, I'm a huge advocate for therapy because what I, what I don't want anyone to do is make a permanent decision off of a temporary situation. Mm -hmm. Situations will change. But when you make the decision to take your life, you cannot come back from that. You know, and just to piggyback on what Asia just said, you know, as far as uh, the abuse and everything starts at home, you know, when you call yourself playing with your kids, you know, you call them ugly or you call them fat or, you know, you just being verbal abusive to them. Mm -hmm. It might be a joke to you, but to them, they taking it serious and they soaking it all in. So they're going to grow up or they're going to be out in the real world thinking that they ugly, thinking that they fat thinking that they're useless, that they dumb. You know, like when you're uh, 
helping your child with your with their homework and they can't answer a problem, get a problem right. Like a lot of parents be like, oh, are you dumb or something? Are you stupid? Like that's really not healthy for that child because then they got in their mind because they look up to you. You're the parent. So if you call them stupid and stuff like that, then they're going to really... This, uh, that's where their self-esteem comes that's from. What that's what they're going to think. And don't get me wrong. I think everybody at some point is guilty of probably saying something that they haven't um, or that right. they shouldn't have. You know, everybody's human, so mistakes happen. Well, uh, we're not speaking of those cases where it comes out every now. We're talking about the people who continuously and consistently give that type of messaging to mm-hmm. their children, where it's every day. Every you day. ain't gonna be nothing. You're not gonna do anything but lay on your uh, lay on your back and have babies. You know, things like that. Mm-hmm. You see it on TV, and it's like, ha ha, it was funny and. Blah blah blah, but it's not because there are children that's living that every day. That's true, and a lot of times it's things from like single parent households, <clears throat> in a sense of like either the custodian parent, whether it's the mom or the dad. You know, they down talking to other parent to that child. Mm-hmm. That messes with a child mentally as well. You know, because child on they don't know what to think. They mind haven't fully developed yet, so it's like everything that you planting into their mind is growing, like mm-hmm. you planting a plant. Everything that you tell them, that's what that's what growing within their head. Okay. So you gotta be careful what you tell kids at a, at a young age because that's what they're gonna grow up thinking. Mm-hmm. They're gonna grow up thinking, oh, my, my dad wasn't shit. He wasn't there for me. My dad was a deadbeat. My dad was this. Just based on what the mom is saying and vice versa. You know, mm-hmm. like the dad can be saying the same thing when he got the kids talking down on their mom. You know, and that's exactly. that's not healthy at all. Whatever problems that you have with each other, keep the kids out of it. Yeah. You know, because that can really affect the kids in the long run. Yeah, childhood depression rates are um, are definitely increasing. Um, borderline personality rates are definitely increasing. And borderline personality, it doesn't, I mean, outside of the normal stats, most of the time it comes from trauma. So make sure you know who's around your children and what they're doing and what they're saying, you know. Um, and, and full disclosure, you know, I, I have a child who, when he was younger, the church that I was attending, he was being groomed by a sexual predator. And I had to make sure that I removed him from that situation because that could have led to him being traumatized and getting himself in situations where, um, you know, he was depressed, he was anxious, he was suicidal and all mm-hmm. those type of things, you know. So just as, as a parent, you have to monitor those things. Small things when they're young can really lead to bigger problems and make sure that you step in early. Early. So. Early prevention. That is the best thing. Do not wait. When we have a child come into a mental health hospital, it's like, okay, there are resources, there are opportunities, there's a lot of things that we can do to help this person. Mm-hmm. It's different when this person has been dealing with these issues since they were eight or nine and now they're 34 and they're self-medicating and they're doing, it's harder to break those cycles then. Yeah. But if you can get it early or get started in therapy and, and, and getting the psychiatrist and any other things that they need early, that's the best way to, to, to keep that from progressing. You want to stop it at an early age. Yeah, I mean, some years back, it might, it might have been 2011. You know, I've been in my field for <clears throat> probably 16, 17 years. So years back in 2011, like one of my greatest accomplishments was actually talking a suicidal teen from the ledge of a building. You know, like he was getting ready to jump. Mm-hmm. You know, the kid, well, he wasn't number like 16. You know, he, his mom and dad was into it. They had just got divorced, you know what I'm saying? Then his mom put him out the house. He felt like he didn't have nowhere to go. But somehow he got to the rooftop, which somebody left the door open. But he got to the rooftop of the building, and he was about to jump. You know, and I went up there, and I talked to him. You know, I told him he got so much to live for. Like, you're still young. Don't let one bad problem today ruin the rest of your life. You know what I'm saying? Like, life is not just based on this one moment, at this one time like that. So... It's, it's so much going on, like sometimes just having to 
keep a child focused, you know, because like I said, they, they soak up everything that they see, you know, and their parents are really their heroes. So when they see that their parents are having problems and stuff like that, sometimes they blame themselves for what's going on. They feel like they're nobody. Like they feel like they want to end their life. So life, people think death is a lot easier than life. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know. I've never died before, but. But they, that's, the, the thought is that if I die, that I get rid of the pain. And this is one of the things I teach um, my patients is death does not end the pain. It spreads the pain. When you take your life, it spreads that pain to everybody that's around you. Yeah, that's and true. I actually was taught that by a patient. And so, you know, it's just, it's just like you have to really look at the full picture of everything. But just make sure that in everything, when it comes to our children, and you see we stayed on this for a while because it is important, it is important. that um, our, our children, they are our future. That's true. And they are the ones that lead the way. And again, when you look at how many kids nowadays suffer with depression and mm -hmm. are, are suicidal and are just really out there, um, hurting and, and pain internally. Yeah. Um, we have to do something to break that stigma and really start making a change in their mental health. Talk positive to your kids. Positive affirmations. Tell them that they're beautiful. Tell them that they're intelligent. Right. Tell them that they're smart. Let them know that they matter to somebody. Even if, no matter what's going on at school or anywhere else, they need to know that they at least matter at home. Like when they come home, the same way we talk about how in our relationship, home is a safe haven. Home should be a safe haven for that child also. Exactly. They shouldn't have to go home and have to deal with uh, stress or, you know, exactly. Been, been abused physically, verbally, whatever the case may be. I mean, true enough, like a lot of people think it's cute, you know, when their kids are acting out and doing certain things. But a lot of times you got to pay attention to what your kids are doing. Know they're acting out for a reason. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Know there's something going on with them that they probably don't want to talk about. That's why it's always good to take time out each day to talk to your child, see what's going on with them. You know what I'm saying? It's our job as parents to, to be nosy, being not kids life you know what i'm saying being their business like you know go through their phone see what they doing it could be something going on at school to where they feel like they depressed or like you say bullying yeah. i mean it's, uh, like bullying is, is very popular you know what i'm saying like i see and hear about kids killing themselves all the time because they don't been bullied at school yeah. you know what I'm saying? they don't even want to go to school no more because they getting talked about because of the clothes they wear or the shoes they got on yeah. and stuff like that. And you know what? And I know sometimes as parents, we like, oh, well, we dealt with bullying back in our days and we did this and we just sucked it up and you had to be, you can't look at it from back in our days. Why? Because we not back in our days. Exactly. Bullying has changed. These kids, listen, if don't like, what I tell you, I, these kids are different. These kids scare me sometimes. The way I I, I thought the nineties kids were bad, but these two thousand kids, kids. These two, for the nine nine two thousand, hey, these kids. they are they, they hardcore. I, I they are seriously hardcore when I say that they don't mind fighting, and I don't mean like normal fight. You know how we used to fight? You go right. home the next day. Now they fight to kill, or they like if I if I can't fight them, I'ma rob them or I run think, over uh, a cop with it. I mean, and these are true stories, true story. you know. Like, and it's, I mean, like it, it sounds funny, but no, these kids seriously have no. They don't have that same value system that we right. had and that respect. They don't just okay, well, you know, after a couple of days, just stop and move on to the next thing. No, they will continue picking at the kid until they get them to that point where they want to kill themselves, and then think it's funny when they find out about it. Yeah, which is true, but I think a uh, big difference is between back then and now. You know what I'm saying? Like, when we was growing up, like, we didn't have all the electronics and cell, and cell phones and stuff like that. Like, we spent a lot of our time outside anyway. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Kids nowadays, they cooped up in a the house 
basically all the time. <clears throat> but a big thing with that also is also this pandemic we just went through, mm -hmm. <clears throat> you know, with COVID where everybody was kind of pretty much cooped up in a house. And that would really do something to your mental. You know what I'm saying? That would do something to your, your state of mind because you cooped up. Like kids were going to school virtually online. They're at home all day. When they get out of school, they still at home. People need to get out the house. You know what I'm saying? If you cooped up in a house all day long, like that would really drive you nuts. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Especially when kids got a whole bunch of energy to burn. <laughs> you know, so it's like, okay, they in here, they in the house. Sometimes you got to take that time out. Even though we couldn't do it during the pandemic, now it's, it's perfect. It's summertime. We can get the kids out. You can yeah. take them to the park, take them fishing, take them swimming. You can do, do a lot something. of things. Yeah, do something with these them. These are like the formative years and the years that they develop social skills. Like we already know these kids didn't have social skills before. Right. Going an entire year and a half without having to fully interact with somebody. They have lost so much. We really, I'm not saying we have our work cut out for us parents mm -hmm. in the next few years, just getting them back on track socially emotionally yeah. educationally i mean it, it's going to be, take time and it's going to take work and effort this isn't yeah. going to be something that you just bounce back from not for anyone i mean you have people right now who are struggling with social anxiety because they have to go to work imagine how these kids yeah, feel exactly. having to go back to school after all of this they really didn't learn anything because the teachers weren't teaching shout out to the teachers out there we appreciate yeah, everything y'all did um <laughs> but yeah. you know it's, 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 it's going to be an adjustment and yeah. it's going to be hard. It's going to be tough. And these kids are going to, they're going to mentally, they're going to need our support. And, and that's true. And then just to throw this out there, these video games and things that kids play and YouTube videos, watch what your kids are playing yeah. and watching because that, that right there is imprinting on their brain. Also, a lot of these shows, they start off as something that's positive And the next thing you know, is talking about killing Peppa Pig yep. or they fighting and killing each other and, and, and that's what that's yeah. the messaging that they're getting. I mean even on like kids channels like Disney Channel, Nickelodeon, mm -hmm. uh Cartoon Network, even though they got like adult swim after hour, but it's like nowadays they promoting so much stuff on these kids channel you know Absolutely. they promote killing they they showing blood and stuff now i mean even now it tripped me out they even showing like homosexuality like they they showing two people of the same sex kissing on cartoons and stuff mm -hmm. now growing up they wasn't doing that i mean nothing against your your sex or your your sexual preference i don't have nothing against homosexuals or nothing like that but but to be instilling that into kids at an early age you know what I'm saying? it's just like that choice that conversation needs to be had in the home, I shouldn't have to worry about the television getting a chance to explain it to this child before exactly. I do. But nowadays, like, kids are raised by the TV. Yeah. You know, like, especially like single parent home, you know, where the, the mom or the dad is uh, basically either at work or sleeping so they can go to work the next day. Like, mm -hmm. the TV is really the babysitter, you know what I'm saying? SpongeBob watching y'all kids. <laughs> now, I'm just being real, like, SpongeBob is watching y'all kids because it's hard to work a full-time job pay bills, stuff like that. They still maintain a house so we got kids as a single parent. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Is. But unfortunately, you got to try to find that balance because mm -hmm. you can't just have TV and music and video games raising your kids because that's what they're going to simulate when they get out in the real world. Yeah. You know, they playing Grand Theft Auto and stuff like that. When they get out in the real world, they're going to think it's okay to go out and shoot and a cop. Like shoot a cop. Yeah. Just, shoot a, just, just run over the cop. <laughs> just shoot a cop. And, and if yeah. I die, I'll respawn. No, son, that's 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 not how this yeah, works. Yeah, this is real life. You can't you can't you can't escape the, the cops and get rid of your five stars. You know exactly. what I'm saying? Yeah, this is real life, man. So like, just be in tune and touch with what's going on in your kid's life. You know what I'm yeah. saying? A lot of times, kids not gonna come to you as 
exactly and tell you what's going on in their life. Sometimes you got to approach them and, and talk to them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, they're not just going to come up, oh, yeah, this is how my day went. They Sometimes they, they, they're afraid to tell their parents what's really going on in their life. People that really know what's going on in the kids' life is their siblings or their friends. That's who they feel comfortable talking yeah. to. You know what I'm saying? They don't really feel comfortable talking to their parents, but make them feel comfortable talking to them. When they do something or say something that you don't like, you don't have to yell at your kid. I'm not trying to tell you how to raise your kids, nothing like that, but just me personally from my experience, you know what I'm saying? Sometimes just simply talking to them, instead of just uh, cussing them out, talking crazy to them, yeah. threatening to whoop them. That's going to make them not want to talk to you. You know what I'm saying? That's going to scare them away. I always want to be open with my kids. Like, I'm an open book with my kids. I want them to come and talk to me like anybody else. You know what I'm saying? Like, talk to me. Like, I'm going to always have your back. I don't care who you is. Like, I'm going to have your back. I don't care if you're right or wrong. I'm going to correct you. But I'm always listening to you. You know what I mean? Exactly. So, this is how it should be. So, my question is to you. Like, what do you do when you get stressed out? depressed when you reach those moments everybody go through those times what do you what do you do you know it has changed throughout the years um back in the day when i got stressed i would shop i, I was i had i would shop even if it was buying a pack of gum that would just make me feel better mm -hmm. feel control and then from there i went to baking that was my way because i could control the ingredients and i could control everything um now oh um I don't know. I might drink, but <laughs> <laughs> that's not a healthy coping skill. That's not skill, a healthy coping skill. Um, hey, I'll go. It's, I'll try it's, to you know. Common coping skill. It is. Yeah. I'll try to you know um, maybe take some time to go get a massage or go get my nails or a pedicure um, done. Um, honestly, talking to you a lot of time helps me to kind of just get it off of my chest or talking to yeah. my best friend or something like that. Um, listening to music, exercise. Yeah, that's big for me. Like I love. Listens to music, especially, you know, the best time for me. I mean, I love gospel music already, but, you know, when I'm stressed out, going through things, can't go wrong with gospel. Like, I would play some gospel, blast it, like, just sitting alone, just listen to gospel music. It just, like, cleanse your soul. Well, it cleanses my soul. That's what it does to me. You know what I'm saying? No matter what I'm going through or whatever the case may be, like, my favorite gospel song is, uh, what's his name? I think his name is, like, uh, Robert Woods or something like that. They go and let God. Yeah, it's like that's my go-to song. Anytime I got a lot on my mind, I got stuff on my brain. That song just really is therapy to me. Like it releases everything that I got going on within me. You know what I'm saying? It just make me feel good. Yeah. Like like God is the best medicine. You know what I'm saying? Anytime you going through something, go to God. Don't always run to your friends. Don't always run to your 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 coworkers and stuff like that. Because a lot of times that they are listening ear, but. They just gonna talk about you behind your back anyway. I mean, I probably said it before, but they—they they, that's real talk. Like you are gonna become pillow talk later on that night when they at home with laying down with their spouse. They're like, man, let me tell you, let me tell you what's going on with Asia life. Da, 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 da. And then your business out there. You know, what I'm saying I'm a very like confidential type person. I don't like people all in my business like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, cause I, I've been there, done that. I've seen people talk. Like, I don't hear people come to me talking about other people. So you talk about other people to me. I know you talk about me. So I, I don't trust people like that. So anyway, like continue to uh, protect your mental health. Continue to look out for each other in the sense of, especially your family. You know what I'm saying? If you have no one else, you have your family. You got to make sure your family is good. Yeah. You know, so anything else you would like to add? Um, ask for help. 
Just do not be afraid to ask for help. I know there is a huge stigma around mental health. Oh, you feel as though if you say something that people are going to talk about you. People are going to talk about you more when you're out there flipping out for no reason or when you're exactly. walking around outside 3 o'clock with no clothes on because you ain't had a mental break. They're going to talk exactly. about you the way it go. I'd rather somebody say, dang, I didn't know things were going so bad, but at least that person went and got help. Exactly. Um, if you are thinking about suicide, as I always have to put out there, um, there is a number that you can call. The National Suicide Prevention Hotline is at um, 844-273-8255. You can also text that number. If you have children or anything, there is a teen crisis line for them to be able to call or text. Um, go to the ER if you feel as though you're going to harm yourself. Yep. Whatever you do, you do not have to suffer in silence. If you are having a moment, send a message to one of us. You know, we will talk oh, yeah, you definitely. down. We will talk with you. We will pray with you. We will meditate with you. Whatever it is you need. As a social worker, I have in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, you know, um, a wealth of resources that I can provide you with, whether it be psychiatrists, therapists, um, mm -hmm different outpatient programs, inpatient programs, just whatever it is that you need. But the biggest thing is we can't help you if you don't ask for help. So just make sure that you have somebody that you can call in those moments. You do not have to suffer in silence. You do not have to suffer alone. You have somebody. Yep. As she was saying, like if you need someone to reach out to, someone to talk to, like you can hit us up in our messenger, you know, like we will talk to you. You know what I'm saying? We, neither one of us are judgmental. We are, we, like I said, we both deal with mental health patients every day, day in, day out. That's what we do. That's our field that we're in. You know, and so many times that we are just a listener here. Sometimes listening is the best communication. Like, that's the number one goal in the communication. Like, God gave you two ears and one mouth so you can listen more than you talk. So that's, that's why we're here right now, just to listen to you guys. What we do that you're going through, like, we're here. Like, go to our, our, Instagram page, our Facebook page, hit up in a messenger. Hey, we can exchange numbers. We can talk. Like we just, our best interest is for the people. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. So that's why we're here. But continue to just take care of yourself. Continue to, like I say, protect your mental and everything that you're going through right now. Trouble doesn't last always. Always remember that tomorrow is a new day, a new opportunity. Like we all go through things in life. You know what I'm saying? Everybody got problems. It don't matter your race, your culture, how much money you got. Like everybody has something that they go through. So whenever you're going through anything, don't give up. Just keep fighting. You know what I'm saying? Like I said, talk to God. When things get hard, drop to your knees and talk to God. And that's the best outlet is to talk to him because he's going to make stuff happen. So we're getting ready to wrap it up. We don't want to keep you guys too long. We just, like I said, we'll focus on mental health because the minority, um, I don't like the minority thing, but it's mental health. It's, 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 it's what it is. I just don't like the fact that we got to separate the two. Like, I feel like they, that's, that's, a, that's a talk for another day. But anyway, y'all continue to take care. Y'all make sure that y'all follow our, uh, our platforms, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, OnlyFans, uh, YouTube, all that you can find all that on our website at www.thatsbaent.com and y'all can catch up on all the episodes on our podcast and y'all stay up hey and that's bait and we are right though